Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Yep. Great to be with all of you. And we'd love for you to download our free course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. You can download it using the link in the show notes. This is a a course that will go through the fundamentals of rebuilding trust for the betrayed, the betrayer, and the couple. And you can find lots of great resources to help you navigate these difficult, early, messy days, weeks, and months of early recovery and healing from broken trust. It's called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. Click on the link in the show notes and we'll send it to you right away. All right. Well, so we're back and we're going to have an uncomfortable conversation about Avoiding uncomfortable things. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something I, I mean, I think this comes up a lot. So if you feel like you've heard this in some context on this podcast, or you hear mm. it coming up a lot, I think it's something that, I think it's something that's just coming up a lot because life just feels uncomfortable a lot more now. Things are just, you know, there's a lot of political tension. There's a lot of family dissolution, faith crises for people. There's just a lot of things that are tense and uncomfortable. A lot of controversial issues. And maybe it's always been that way, but just feels like there's just a lot of tension out there. You know why I think there's a lot of tension out there? Yeah. is because there are so many things that we can do to fool ourselves into believing we're escaping it. Yeah. I agree. So uh, Mm -hmm. I just think that- We're not handling things. mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't have the skill set. We haven't developed that depth of ability yet. Yeah, we've lost uh, or because we haven't had to. Either we've lost it or underdeveloped mm-hmm. the ability to sit with discomfort, uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, are you uncomfortable? We'll have some uncomfortable pauses <laughs> so we can just hold stuff. Just for make a little this bit. experiential for everyone. <laughs> yeah, this um, this starts early though. I mean, I, mean? I think about just from development. I mean, I I just think part of it's like when children are born. I'm just thinking about it as a a parent's journey of teaching this to a child, we do everything we can to make our baby comfortable, everything. Mm. And then at some point we start having to like, let them sit with some discomfort. Yeah. And I think developmentally it's critical to introduce that early on. Oh, sure. Right. Sure. To teach their nervous system that they can soothe with with our support. Yeah. Have some. Self-soothing, right. Co-regulation. Yeah. Disappointment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, an observation, maybe I'll just say an observation I have made is that this is a challenging thing to like allow or expect children, young adults to be super uncomfortable or have to sit with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm all for recognizing the need for mental health support and discomfort, but I, I agree that there is a culture of, I shouldn't have to be uncomfortable. Yeah, there is. And I think that is messing with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then it, it kind of just gives gives them a green light on if something is uncomfortable, then I shouldn't have to do that thing instead of leaning into the tension that like allows us to grow. In fact, 
it reminds me of this time when our oldest child was an infant and we may have been trying to teach him to fall asleep in his bed. Mm -hmm. And, or maybe it was before that. I don't remember exactly when, but my dad told me he had read something that said that an infant's brain needs to expand. And the only way that it can get the pressure to be able to expand is through really intense crying. And so he was trying to say, so when your baby cries really hard, it's okay. It's accomplishing an important purpose because the brain and the body need to be able to grow in this way. Mm -hmm. So attention is important. Yeah. 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 We need the tension. We Mm -hmm. don't, I think anybody who's paying attention can see that without some kind of turbulence, we don't grow much. Yeah, we're cool with it with butterflies busting out of cocoons or right? oh, birds man, pecking so out of eggs. Fabulous. Look know? at what they're doing. Wow. Yeah. And but the, not and, me. And I mean, I got Netflix. <laughs> I got <laughs> covered full of snacks. I'm not busting out of my shell. I got cozy clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and I, I don't know. I think that there's there's a belief perhaps that I see in my office a lot of the time that if I'm hurting, something's terribly wrong. Yes. And I definitely think pain is a signal that we need to pay attention to. Yeah. I don't think we should just ignore it. I think that that, especially for a lot of men, is something that we're taught, man code, oh, to just ignore pain. Ignore pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think there's an, there's an extreme of that. But I do think that a lot of the times, instead of just being curious about it and trusting that we can grow from it or we can learn from it or we can even stay with it or even have it be unresolved yeah, and maybe just live with it. Yeah. There's a, a bigger warning signal or maybe a panic alarm that goes off that this shouldn't even be happening. Mm-hmm. I hear that in the language a lot. Do you? And I do find it alarming actually mm-hmm. because I think that inhibits people from at deeper levels being willing to just accept difficulty. The stories we love are, are really of stories of people that dealt with pain. Mm. That, I mean, those are the things that inspire us. We relate to them. We, you know, we revere people that overcome struggle and, yeah, you know, I mean. Yeah, they, we do. Yeah. We don't generally just love to go see movies or read books or stories of people where everything just works out awesome all the time. Yeah. And everything's handed to them and they're <laughs> soft. I mean, didn't Lego movie make fun of that? Everything is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, that's right. That's why it's ridiculous because uh-huh. everything's not awesome all the time. Yeah. So sitting with discomfort, I mean, I think first perhaps is just the, the realization, the acceptance that it's a critical part of our growth, whether it's you know, brain development. And I'm totally going to fact check that. I really am so curious about that. I'm going to ask your dad about it. Yeah. Let's follow up. I'd like to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, our baby's brains are all grown now, Yeah, but it's, it's so interesting to me. I don't, I don't remember well, that maybe conversation. Maybe that science was 25 years yeah, old. Maybe he learned that in the forties or something. <laughs> yeah. Or his parents or something, but, yeah. but anyway. But at least at the very minimum, it's a good metaphor. We know that principle of struggle is good for babies and, yeah. and, you know, struggle in a supportive environment is right. critical. Struggle in a way that allows them to mm-hmm. see they can navigate something uncomfortable mm-hmm. and come out on the other side. Right. And it's, they're all right. They're better. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just that, that acceptance of just because you're struggling doesn't mean something is horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. That takes a tremendous amount of, I think, just maturity, courage, and experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. Well, I, I think it is experiential because... 
if you've really had everything, all the corners padded, you've never really had to go through a lot of hard things or major disappointments or letdowns, then the first time something big happens or the first time you have some sort of struggle like that, I think you can get a false signal that things are worse than they really are when really it's just a chance to step up a level or learn something or grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most people are not that sheltered. Yeah. You know, it's life is just yeah. too, I mean, if you're going to go to school or you're going to have friends, I mean, you are you interface with the world. I mean, I certainly have worked with and met parents that are doing a lot to try and prevent any disappointment or hurt from their children. Mm-hmm. And I worry about those children. I worry about those families because I don't think that that's sustainable one, but two, it's just not a great setup for long-term right. emotional regulation. Right. You know? But that's the promise of an addiction. That's the promise of escaping into, like you said, Netflix mm-hmm. or other ways to numb or check out is that you don't have to feel uncomfortable. You shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then the, then you have like, you know, the Stoics or people that I guess run Spartan races or meditate or yoga. I mean, where you're purposely making yourself uncomfortable to practice discomfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before we dive into that, because that's important, it's important to practice that mm-hmm. um, because it's just not as readily available in our very active traditional lifestyle, yeah. current lifestyle. But I see a lot of people leaning into those things also to avoid discomfort. It's, it, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but yeah. taking on something really intense and that's really going to like that they have to get all absorbed in. So then they don't really have to face the, face the other issues. Face. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it can go both ways. Yeah. That's not, and I think it's important to point that out. Yeah. That's really important. Yep. But, point. but the real message is that sitting with discomfort, being able to navigate it, ride the wave of it takes practice, mm-hmm. regular practice if we want to do it well. Yeah. I think that, again, this is maybe more of a parenting discussion than I intended, but Mm -hmm. here we are. I think that's that's why I think there's such a a need perhaps for our children to spend less time or have periods of time without their devices, Mm -hmm. to be bored, Mm -hmm. to look out a window on a car trip. Sure. And learn how to sit with that just difficulty of nothing. Yeah. That's like a child's, that's a very safe and available way to practice this type of just Mm -hmm. uncertainty, discomfort. Yeah. Boredom is fabulous for that. It is. It really is. Yeah. Not to mention that it's a a birthplace of a lot of cool stuff. Yes. It's a whole other discussion. But but it is hard to come by anymore. Yeah. There's a great, there's a great rock song about a car radio that gets stolen and the madness that the guy experiences (laughs) because he doesn't have... The, the music that can just help him escape from all the real stuff that's going on yeah. inside of him. So I think that we have access to so many things that can help us avoid. You don't even have to be bored pumping gas. You can no, watch a TV show no, on the stupid everywhere. gas pump. It's everywhere. You don't have to be bored while you're at a restaurant waiting for your food. Right. You don't have to be bored on a, on a car trip. Mm-hmm. And so we, I mean, if we want to be intentional... To make about that, bored. yeah, we have to create our own yeah. conditions for it and cut out some of those quick, easy go-tos. Because what ends up happening is they give us a place to just to kind of coast for a little bit, but 
And we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're not feeling grief or sadness or have the sorrow, but it's just masking. And in the meantime, we don't, we're spending so much time and energy in, in the things that just kind of medicate that w- there's no joy. Mm-hmm. So it really is just a, f- a place of flat affect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if, for someone that's dealing with a lot of pain, you know, in, in the context of a lot of the work that I do and that we're talking about in this podcast is around, you know, betrayal trauma. Mm-hmm. That is very real pain that is unrelenting mm-hmm. and, you know, is with you 24-7. And so... Like you said, Jody, there is a tendency sometimes to, you know, there's a tendency to not want to feel anything. Yeah. Which the pain with that might feel like it's pointless or just unfair or unrelenting, but there's also a lot of information in it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a place as well for taking breaks from it. Yeah. Resting. You use that term pendulate. Yeah. We've talked about that on here before. Mm-hmm. Pendulation. Yeah. Swinging back and forth. Yeah, so giving yourself a chance to like take a break, enjoy that, your brain, but before you go completely dead inside, come back out. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy enjoy that break, enjoy the treat, enjoy the the show, enjoy Uh the you know the relief, Mm -hmm. so that you can come back in and be you know strengthened, reinforced to to feel and to do instead of just hovering in this middle dead area like you talked about, this middle numb area. Yeah, which. You know, I've certainly existed in that place before Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. I don't feel anything and, you know, not a lot of growth, but, you know, so be gentle on yourself. If you end up there, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's more about recognizing when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're not really moving back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So discomfort isn't, it's, it's not about just, you know, you have to feel it all the time to be a healthy person. You have to be willing to feel it. You have to be willing to stay with it, learn from it, grow from it you know, press into it. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ways that are helpful? To practice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just throw out a few. Well, I think first of all, allowing it. I think life just hands us a lot of just discomfort. So by that, do you mean naming? Like naming it? Yeah, or naming just it. being willing to look at it and be honest about it? Yeah, so I, th- I think that when I say allowing it, you know, not becoming reactive to it in the form of like, I shouldn't be feeling this okay, sure. or just immediately getting reactive and trying to just push it away, shut it down. This could be a, a surprising bill or a surprise, you know, a disappointment somewhere or a rejection mm-hmm. or, I mean, there's life is adulthood is just every day is full of uncomfortable things, things we don't want to do. And I think just accepting that that's just part of maturing, growing, learning, and developing as a healthy human makes us less reactive to it. I guess not fighting it as much, the existence of it. Yeah. It's not that we shouldn't handle it or try and resolve stuff and just let things hurt all the time. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that as we handle things, to not have this other secondary track running in our head of how this is just bull crap, we shouldn't be feeling this, and I should never have to hurt. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Have I overexplained that enough? <laughs> Close. I have a tendency. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so. So the acceptance. Yeah. Of just allowing it. And then I think the practice really is is allowing yourself to, well, I think handling things is important. We have to handle things. But the way we do it is really about developing our capacity for it. And so I think we talked earlier, practices like breathing, putting mm-hmm. yourself in you know, I think, like you said, a lot of people will 
seek after things that are uncomfortable to increase their tolerance or escape. Those mm-hmm. are both options. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I know for me that when I'm when I'm practicing slowing down and breathing, when I'm eating slower, mm-hmm. when I'm putting my phone down and intentionally letting myself just sit, you know, with with discomfort, when I'm exercising, when I'm putting doing something that I've been putting off. Mm. Those are the things I think that really increase capacity to tolerate discomfort instead of just living my life, avoiding stuff and hoping somebody else will take care of it or it'll go away. Yeah. So those are some very basic things, but you do those enough times, I think it compounds into a a reflex or an ability. What about you? What are some things that you do? So theoretically, I meditate. What does that mean? That... It's not as consistent as I was like, would like it to be. <laughs> I literally think that's everybody who tries <laughs> sure. to meditate. Okay, fair. Because it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But that's something. Other practices like yoga, mm-hmm. even just other presence, being present type practices, they, there are, you know, you can do working meditations or walking meditation or anything where you just can hold space for, for whatever is this right now. Mm-hmm. can build capacity. Yeah, I love that. And I think being willing to take on things like new challenges or try new things or, you know, failing at stuff, like allowing yourself to yeah, take risks. Great. Right, yeah. Trying something out. Where there will inevitably vulnerable. be yeah. discomfort. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you know, you've taken up watercolor. You're having to sit with a tremendous amount of discomfort. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See the evidence of my ineptness right there on the, <laughs> on the paper. Yeah. But do you feel like it's developing you in that yeah, area? Yeah. And as, yeah, I'm improving right. slowly, but it's okay. So I, I yeah. yeah I and there's, there's, yeah, there's something about, I think then what we find is as we lean into the difficulty, there's something that's really deeply gratifying and reinforcing about that. So it's not just Oh, the drudgery. I'm just going to get good at drudgery. Like it can become, even with something that's not just taking on a a new skill or a, Mm -hmm. you know, something that's very, very unpleasant and unwanted. When we allow things and give ourselves space to just to sit with discomfort and, and then not be reactive, but be able to respond when we know clearly what the steps are, Mm -hmm. those things can be. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Deeply gratifying. Yeah, I love that. Because there's like growth at a more cellular level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like baked into it. Mm-hmm. And I guess one, unless you have other concluding no, thoughts, no, I, I have one thought here. I get asked this question a lot with couples that are healing long-term or people that are trying to overcome compulsive patterns, addictions. They always want to know like, how can I sustain this long-term? They know that this is either something they've dealt with for, you know, sometimes decades. Yeah. Or they're just looking down the road and they're like, man, I still have 30, 40 years of life left, you know, or more that I have to be healthy. How in the world do I maintain that? And the stuff we're talking about here, I think has a lot of keys in it, which is, you know, so much of what gets us in trouble, so much of what hurts our relationships is really about avoiding things that are uncomfortable having the conversations we need to have, feeling the feelings we need to feel, Mm. that kind of stuff. And so practicing this stuff is 
not only healing and addressing, you know, maybe more acute issues, but long-term, I think there's a tremendous amount of safety in knowing that you have a regulated system that that is resilient and strong and can handle things. So you're not going to find yourself in as many situations that are maybe more avoidant Mm -hmm. or in denial or taking risky behaviors to numb out, check out, those kinds of things, because you've really increased your capacity. And so it's a great long-term practice to keep yourself on track and to really protect all the work you've done. Yeah, that's perfect. It's a good place to end. Yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone, as always. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. We love hanging out with you every Mm -hmm. single week. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.